Usually at the beginning of my second lesson, I do not tell any funny stories, but tonight I'm going to make an exception. Our second lesson tonight has been entitled, The Odd Couple. We're going to be talking about a husband and wife team in the Bible and making application to that in our present time. And I want to tell you three stories about a husband-wife relationship. This husband and wife had been in a big argument, still sort of upset at each other. They got in the pickup truck. He was against the left side. She was against the right. Started down the road, and there was an old mule over in the pasture, and he thought he'd get at her, and he looked over, and he said, I think you're related to that mule. She said, I am by marriage. <laughs> a man went to the doctor, and the doctor examined him and said, you're a sick man, but I don't know what's wrong with you. In fact, you're sick enough to die, but I cannot find what's wrong with you. Did your wife come with you? Yes. Go out there and send her in. His wife went in. He said, ma'am, your husband's a sick man. He's sick enough to die, but I don't know what's wrong with him. I want you to take him home and cook him three good meals a day and get his paper and house shoes for him and let him sit in the easy chair. Be sure that you do not say an unkind word to him in any way and let him have his way. If you don't do those things, he's going to die. They got in the car and started home. He looked over at her and said, what did the doctor say? She said, he said you didn't have long to live. <laughs> and the third one is one that I heard a long time ago, and I haven't told it recently, but for some reason or other I thought about it. This husband and wife married. They agreed to share everything. She said, except one thing. I've got a little box under the bed, and I want you to promise me that you'll never open it. He promised, and they lived together for 50 years. And after the 50 years, he decided, I've lived with her long enough. I need to see what's in that box. So he went in there and opened it. There were three eggs and $1,000. He said to her, said, I admit I opened the box, but I don't understand. What is it? She said, well, I put an egg in that box every time that you made a mistake in our married life. Boy, he was feeling good. Only three mistakes in 50 years? He said, what about the money? She said, every time I got a dozen, I sold them. <laughs> now, seriously, in Acts 18, 1 through 3, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named, and I've always called it Aquila. It's technically Aquila, but let's call it Aquila. Born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he, Paul, was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. Later in that chapter, we have the story of Apollos being converted, being an eloquent speaker, but only knowing the baptism of John. Verse 26 says that he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of the Lord, or the way of God, more perfectly. In Romans 16 and in verse 19, Romans 16, well, really, let's go back to 3 and 5. 
Greet Priscilla and Aquila and my helpers in, the Christ, in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. And then in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, verse 19, The churches of Asia salute you, Aquila and Priscilla salute you, much in the Lord, with the church that is in their house. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 19, Salute Prisca or Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. As far as I know, I've just read to you every place in the Bible where Aquila and Priscilla are mentioned. And there was not one time that one of them was mentioned without the other one being mentioned. Haven't you known of couples like that? When you thought of the wife, you also thought of the husband. When you thought of the husband, you also thought of the wife. When I was growing up in Jackson County, I had a great uncle and another man named Flat that lived up two or three miles from where we lived. And both of them had a wife named Ethel. And I grew up knowing those two women as Ethel Op and Ethel Albert. One of them was married to Opalus Flat, and we went by Op. The other one was married to Albert Flat. And I never remember hearing them called anything else. That's the way we distinguished them. Ethel belonged to Op, and this Ethel belonged to Albert. We thought of them as couples. Folks, I want to tell you something tonight, and don't overlook this. The strength of the church today, and in all times, depends in a large degree upon the husband and wife couples that we have in the church. Now, don't misunderstand me. I do not believe that one has to marry to be a Christian. My oldest daughter has never married. One time I was preaching and she was in the audience and I said, it's normal for people to marry. And she, after the service, said, are you calling me abnormal? I said, what I mean is it's usual for people to marry. She said, in other words, I'm unusual. I didn't win that argument. (laughs) And I realize even now I'm a widower. Preached the other night and there were seven widows in the congregation that night visiting. They came the wrong night. The next night I preached on hope. But anyway, I am well aware that some of you single members are extremely important to the church. And I would sound a message to the elders, be sure you don't overlook the single members. As important as married couples are, sometimes we center our work around those that are married and we sort of leave the single people on the fringe. Some of our strongest, most productive members in any congregation are the widows. I'll guarantee you that if you take any church that you know and make a list of those that are widows, And you consider what they're doing, and you may not know specifically, but if you could know, consider what they're giving on Sunday morning. You would know that those widows that are single again are very important in the Lord's service. 
We have the example of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. As far as we know, neither one of those ever married. Two sisters and a brother. And you had that same situation here one of the times I was in the meeting with Miss Rosalie and Sarah. You remember the situation? They reminded me of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in more ways than one. We have examples of a group of men working together. Paul took Barnabas, as we studied this morning, and those two men, along with others, I don't know how many, I know of some of the ones that were associated with them, went out and preached the gospel on the missionary journey. And we have some works today that are done better by two or three men working together than any other. I know that's the case. And I remember when Mary and Mary Magdalene and others went to the tomb of Jesus, a group of women who were working together and performing something that was very, very important. And you remember when uh, there was the death of Dorcas, that the widows were together weeping and showing the clothing that she had made. And I'm saying all of this to let you know for sure that the Bible teaches, and I believe, that every person who's never married can be acceptable to God as a Christian and valuable And those who have been married and lost a spouse can still be acceptable to God and be very valuable. But I still, after having said all of that, come to the conclusion that the best team in the Lord's church is a husband and wife. Look at Aquila and Priscilla for a moment. They had the same interest. They were both working together to promote their work and to promote the law, the, wor- the word of God and the teaching of the word of God. And young men and young women, those of you that are old enough to understand what I'm about to say, when you decide to consider getting married, pick out somebody who has the same interests that you have. It's sad to be brought up at the Lord's church and be committed to Christ and then marry somebody who doesn't want to go to church and who doesn't want to give to the church and who doesn't want their children to be in Bible class. It's very important, especially in marriage, it's true in business and in other ways, for there to be the same interest. Sometimes we concentrate on other things where we want them to be alike, and we forget the interest and the desires that people have. Aquila and Priscilla evidently had the same attitude toward life, the same goals in life, and they worked together as a husband-wife team. They were tent makers. And you get the impression that Priscilla was right there with Aquila in the work, working together. We don't have as many farmers today as we used to have, but most of us were connected with farm life. And I honestly believe that there was more of a unit of one, the husband and wife, on the farm than anywhere else I've ever seen. Many times the wife would go out to the field as soon as she could get the lunch on or the dinner on. And work till she had to go back to get it ready for them to eat and then go back and many times would stand right there with her husband and work right beside him in the field. And if the husband had the right attitude, instead of bragging that he never washed dishes, he helped her with the housework when she needed it also. 
and they work together. I believe there are specific responsibilities given to the husband and other specific responsibilities given to the wife. But you've got the best results when the two of them work together, at least understanding and supporting one another in whatever the work is that each one of them is doing. We see that with Priscilla and Aquila. I see them as a team in these passages in showing hospitality. Paul needed a place to go. Here's Aquila and Priscilla. Paul needed to make some extra money to be able to support himself in many of these cases. Here's Priscilla and Aquila taking Paul in to work right alongside them. And did you notice in those passages that I read that it said something about the church that meets in their house? They were ready to show hospitality to people and to reach out and let people come into their homes. Oh, I wish we would visit in homes today like people used to. I wish you ladies, instead of trying to be Betty Crocker, would be yourself. And if you don't do anything except sit out the peanut butter and crackers, invite me in every chance you get. I wish we could learn how important hospitality is. Emphasized in Hebrews 13, emphasized if you'll stop and look at it, even in the qualifications of elders and their wives. Aquila and Priscilla could show that hospitality. You see, right now, I can't show the hospitality I did a little over five years ago. I live by myself. There are some people I cannot invite in without there being rumors. And I've got to be careful. There are visits that I cannot make today by myself that I could take my wife and visit when she was living. I can take another man with me many times and do, and that works, and sometimes that's what needs to happen. Sometimes especially two elders may need to go to talk to someone about their soul. But you see, there are some things today that I cannot do because I don't have a wife. And sadly, I probably didn't realize that as much for 50 years as I have for the last five years. I was at a ball game not too long after Judy died, and there was a couple sitting there, a doctor and his wife, and we were joking and going on. And he looked up at me and said, what am I going to do with her? And I got serious for a moment. I can be serious. I said, you're going to keep her and tell her every once in a while what she means to you. He knew where I was coming from. A husband and wife team can show hospitality. And a husband and wife team are involved in religious activities. And a good wife makes a better husband as a Christian. And a good husband makes a better wife as a Christian. I believe we can influence each other from all angles. But I don't believe there's anybody on this earth, men, that has a better influence on you than your own wife or women, your own husband. Look at what Aquila and Priscilla meant to Paul on his missionary journeys. Oh, we call them Paul's missionary journeys. We talk about Paul and Barnabas and Paul and Silas. But are we sometimes overlooking these people like Aquila and Priscilla that were there at a specific place and ready to do their part and to help? You're taking a gospel meeting like this. 
preacher is the one that gets the encouraging words and the compliments. Maybe the song leader. But there are some of you that are sitting in the pew that have done more to make this meeting successful than I will. We think about Peter as an outstanding apostle. Do you remember Andrew met Christ first and brought Peter to Christ? There are people whom I've baptized down through the years that I would have never met if it hadn't been for somebody like Aquila and Priscilla bringing them to me or taking me with them to go visit the person and give me an opportunity to teach them. Folks, this is what's needed in the Lord's church. I want you to stop and think for a moment. It is impossible for a man to be an elder without a good wife. It is impossible for a man to be a deacon without a good wife. And it's not as easy to be a good preacher without a good wife. And let me stop long enough right here to say to you men, if you haven't done it recently, go home tonight and tell your wife what she means to you. She may have a heart attack, but at least try it. And you ladies, tell your husband what you mean. It's sad that we don't realize how important we are to each other until we lose a mate, and there is nothing on this earth that is like losing a mate. My wife was in the hospital 87 days. I knew her condition. Honestly, I prayed during the last several days that God would take her. I knew what would happen if he did. And I stood there with my hand on her chest as she breathed her last breath. And from that time till today, it's been different. I'm telling you that the growth of this church is dependent on all of us. But when you consider the elders and deacons particularly and the importance of their wives, and you just stop and think about the couples that you know in this congregation that are not elders and deacons, but are part of the stalwart, the foundation of the work here, don't ever forget what we've called the odd couple. And I only use that word odd or strange or peculiar in the sense that they're never mentioned as separate and apart from each other. That's unusual. But one of the greatest couples that's talked about in the Bible, not a lot said. I read to you every passage where they're mentioned. But they were important as a husband and wife to the work of the Lord, and so were you. But now think for a moment. What made them important? They were both Christians. Didn't just call themselves Christians. They were both Christians. If you're a husband or a wife here tonight and you're not a Christian, there is nothing on this earth you can do that can improve your relationship to God and your family any more than becoming a Christian. Even you sons and daughters that are old enough to obey the gospel and you haven't, there's nothing you can do that will show more respect to your earthly parents and your heavenly Father than being a Christian. And if you have not been the kind of husband you need to be to your wife, or the kind of wife that you need to be to your husband, 
or the kind of wife that you need to be to the Christ to whom you're married. You need to do something about it tonight. To where every couple in this congregation can go home tonight like Aquila and Priscilla. And all the rest of us can fit in in our place to carry the Lord's work forward. That's what I'm talking about, the odd couple. And the bottom line of it is, there's nothing, there is nothing that you can do to help your family and to help the church more than being a Christian being a Christian. And if you're not, rush to the front as together we stand.